Welcome to this episode of Bob Cooney's VR Deep Dive Podcast. In this series, Bob connects you with some of the leading innovators and thinkers in location-based VR. What's happening in that space in the in kind of the remote work area? And are you seeing are you seeing certain platforms? Are you invested in that space? Are you looking at it? What's your feeling there? Yeah, we've been investing for quite a long time um, in, in the social uh, virtual conferencing collaboration space. With this new partnership with Engage, clearly we are looking to partner with Premier Events to bring virtual large-scale events to life uh, through the partnership with Engage uh, and, and many other solutions that we're discussing with. You will hear the background noise of the new reality of working from home. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so, yes, we've been, yeah, the answer is yes, we've been investing in them before they started, but this uh, further sort of reinforced that thesis and we can continue to invest and partner uh, into the space to, in hopes of providing a cohesive and seamless experience combining different platforms and solutions. Yeah, interesting. So, Question that I, I, I knew I was going to ask, and I don't want to hear the answer, um, but Andre Bach on Facebook is asking, is location-based VR dead for venture capitalists? Yeah, I know. And um, yeah, so what's your thought on location-based VR um, before and after the pandemic? Who wants to take that one? I, Angela, you gave, the, you gave the big groan. So let's start I gave with the you. Loudest, I gave the loudest sigh. So, you know... My perspective on LVE initially, you know, a couple of years ago is like, it's too expensive. I did all this mystery shopping at various locations. I saw so many people just kind of like walk in, walk out like, oh, I can't afford it. Right. Because they're making whatever. Um, and it's, you know, relatively expensive. And then a couple of companies like really, I thought, hit it out of the ballpark and did a fantastic job. And like it was everything from like the content they were producing to like their staff. And they just gave people great experiences. Of course, when I came to this realization, those companies weren't raising money. So it never quite worked out for me to <laughs> take my bet in the LVE space. But of course, now I want to say like, well, obviously no one saw this coming. So I think a couple of companies really hit it out of the ballpark or were, or were doing exceptionally well pre-pandemic. And I think, you know, who knows what the organizational and corporate structure will be like of these two companies that I'm thinking about. But I think there's going to be a space for LVE. So I've done like a 180 on this. You know, I'm not sure if it's ever going to be a, you know, a, a unicorn company, but I think there's a shot at it. And there is a space for them, even if we're going to have, you know, cheaper and lighter and better headsets at home. It's just kind of fun to go hang out and, and you know, go to Alien Zoo or shoot some zombies or, what, you know, whatever activity you want to do. But I think you're just going to have to wait a year and a half. And it's just, you know, it's not going to be pretty between now and then. Yeah. Do you want to call out what companies you're thinking of or? You know, I thought Dream, Dream Dreamscape. Dream. Right, did a wonderful job, and I think Sandbox uh, did a really nice job. And it's it's really just like little things from like literally the op- all the operators I had interacted with were just like on top of it, even though they were not making you know a hundred thousand dollars a year. They really were passionate and cared about it, and made sure everyone had a good time. Right, which just bumps up your net promoter score, gets you the recurring revenue, and then it, you know you see it flowing through the bottom line. And I won't name the example companies that I saw that. Like, wow, like these operators are just horrible. Like I wish the CEO knew. And I told a couple of CEOs and, you know, trying to help them. So anybody else have a have a position on location based VR? I was just going to say the closest that I, I agree with Angelo, um, I, I think there were some really promising um, standout experiences and 
it's probably going to be a while before, you know, before, honestly, we get back to most in-person physical experiences and, and location-based VR just being one of many, many uh, examples. But um, I recently tried Adventure Lab, and it's the closest to a location-based experience I've experienced at home, which is somewhat counterintuitive, but it hits on a lot of, I think, the drivers of what got people excited about LVE, and it, it's very social. And it has a live host. So even though you're not all in the same physical location, it just reinforces that shared experience and a live experience. So, you know, you're not interacting with a bot. You're not on a script. It's really unique each time that you go through the experience and you're sharing that with friends. And I think that's a big part of what is appealing about LBE. And so I'm impressed with what they're doing. And because they are direct to consumer, you, know, you can try that out at home today and have kind of a proxy LBE experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Adventure Labs really take a very unique approach. And I would say, you know, compared to all the other LBEs, it's one of a can, right? There's nothing else mm -hmm. that, you know, does what, what they does. So it's very unique. And I really enjoy that experience as well. So I think, you know, from what I say that uh, it's, you know, in the short term, it's definitely a huge hate to any LBE business, right? No questions about that. But, um, you know, if we think about what is a core value proposition of an LBE business, right? So we can think of a few things, the brand, the content, and the community, right? And I think, you know, brand, content, and community, all three things can be replicated in a digital way as well, right? So right now, I see a, a number of uh, LBE companies and brands they are kind of uh, shifting their content from a, you know, from a physical world type of strategy into a digital strategy at this point. And they are leveraging their community and their, rep their reputation that they have accumulated through these um, this, uh, this physical retail stores and um, leveraging this reputation and this resource in this uh, online platform as well. So I think, uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting transformation. And uh, I think, you know, depending on how this pandemic, how long it's going to uh, impacting all of us, having a digital uh, transformation in this case will hedge the risk of, you know, if the pandemic is going on for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Pearl, you guys had a big early move into arcades with um, Viveport Arcade. What's what's your internal feelings about that market right now? Viveport Arcade took a little bit of a different approach from some of the other uh, arcade operators or solutions that, that we are familiar with. Uh, it was meant to be a easy-to-access tool for any small business owners to open up VR access in their communities to show VR to people. So it was really more strategic than uh, arcade business. Uh, and it, of course, it's steadily growing. Uh, it's been steadily growing until this happened, clearly, uh, and it's provided that easy to access tool, free to download, free to, to service, easy to license commercial content for, for their community. Uh, ultimately, looking at LBE investment, for me, it's always about the matrix. Uh, you have to make the numbers work, right? The revenue per square foot and the, the repeated playability, um, the, the economics for the operator needs to make sense. And for a lot of the solutions that, that we've looked at, they don't necessarily make sense. 
right, to, to yeah. be able to scale in a sustainable way. But you will see some of the top performers, like the Hologate of the world or, or Defense there, they have found a way that, that provides that kind of matrix and, and scale for their operators. Of course, they will need to be adapting in this environment, and they seem to... to doing some of that. And then we see some other operators like Spaces trying to pivot into virtual conferencing space as an example. So everyone definitely needs to adapt. But even before the pandemic, the ROI, the, the matrix has always been the tricky part in looking at investments into the space. And that continues to be the case, the case even so, more so. Uh, so transitioning to digital, especially the transition to digital and from home type of engagement, there's a lot of new opportunities. Um, but also a, a good wait, I think, for a lot of those that were struggling to reset yeah, great point. So what are the areas that you guys would like to see more opportunities in? Like, like, is there something you're hankering for somebody to bring you on an investment side or an opportunity side, or you feel there's a, an unmet need or an opportunity that, that there's not enough people focusing on? Uh, well, I certainly think there's more opportunity than ever in the collaboration space, as a couple of people have mentioned already. And there's some specific having having recently organized some VR events and been testing out a lot of different things. You know, there's certainly a lot we're learning right now um, as these platforms are becoming more popular and the volume of people flocking to them is increasing. And so I think there's just some sort of basic logistical challenges there um, and technical challenges that still need to be solved. But what I'd really love to see is um, some out of the box thinking in, you know, a lot of a lot of what we're doing now in the, these kind of early phases of VR development is replicating what we see in the real world. So we'll take a conference and we build what looks like a conference in the real world in VR. And I'd love to see some more experimenting on just completely forgetting that template and imagining, you know, what could a conference look like if anything was possible? Because we now have this infinite canvas on which we can um, you know, build some really unique experiences. And I think that's the next level that we'll, we'll start seeing, um, particularly when some of those early technical challenges get solved. Yeah, I think, I think there's a nature, like I was, I've been reflecting recently on web, I'm old enough to remember web 1.0. And it was basically, we all took our brochures and put them, turned them into web pages, because <laughs> that's, like, that's all we could really think about. And the tools weren't really there yet to be able to take it to 2.0 and 3.0. And so I've been <laughs> curious to what the next versions of that are going to be. What uh, Anybody else have some areas where you'd like to see more opportunity? Yeah. So from my perspective, I like to say a few things. First of all, I like to see more deals that's, you know, solving problems in the virtual being space, right? Um, digital humans and virtual influencers. And especially, you know, since everybody's living a digital lifestyle these days, so sometimes, you know, relationship will, with real people versus like relationship with virtual people. And uh, if you are following an influencer, whether it's real or whether it's virtual, sometimes things are blending in multiple different ways, right? And also uh, virtual being are the, a convergence point of, you know, uh, different new technologies, not only VR, AR, but also artificial intelligence can power the virtual human beings and also, you know, companies in the blockchain space are building digital identity systems that can also, you know, feel into the virtual beings. And uh, also, you know, with the emerging of the whole esports ecosystem, right, virtual beings are also playing a very vital part 
in uh, in that ecosystem as well. So that's one thing. The other thing I like to see is more of uh, more products and uh, more solutions. Um, healthcare and uh, digital wellness, right? So how can people leverage platforms like VRAR to incentivize people to you know to care more about their health, to keep a very healthy lifestyle, to exercise at home? Right. So I think, uh, you know, these are very practical questions that need to solve as of today. And, uh, you know, people and there has been a number of companies working on this, uh, working from this sector that has been seeing a lot of tractions these days. And, um, you know, last I, I like to see, you know, more companies that's building platforms for the metaverse. Right. If we think about like any type of metaverse platform from Second Life to like World of Warcraft. And today, you know, we have like Fortnite that's positioned as, you know, the next metaverse. But what about metaverse in the future? You know, what is a metaverse that uh, uh, there are millions of people using our databases uh, five years, 10 years down the road, right? I think, you know, right now it's a great opportunity for people to build a really cross-platform type of metaverse that, uh, you know, regardless of what kind of device you have, regardless of, you know, what kind of uh, where you are in the world, you can always be anywhere, be whoever and do whatever. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, with this uh, digital lifestyle thing going on, it's a natural introduction to uh, that lead to the metaverse opportunity. And I think, you know, people who are working on this problem today will be the major players five years and 10 years down the road. So do you guys think, you know, so so Jay asked a question on Facebook and I'll, I'm going to stay with the metaverse question for a bit around whether this, you know, this concept is going to be built like so Mozilla Hubs is basically Mozilla saying this needs to be built in the web where everybody else is kind of building more closed systems on the Internet. How do you guys view that? And will, you know, is there an opportunity for an early stage? Because you guys are mostly early stage investors, right? Um, is there an opportunity for an early stage company to compete with Facebook Horizons and Unreal Engine and Fortnite and, or, you know, is that just a Don Quixote dream? I think there is. So from my perspective, if we look into the development process of a metaverse, right? So metaverse is like a grand vision, but, you know, underneath the grand vision, there is a product, right? You need to start with a product. So what kind of problem does this product solve? And how can you leverage this product and leverage the community and the social dynamic you create with this product and pivot into a metaverse, right? So, you know, all the metaverse start with a product. And in the case of Fortnite or in the case of World of Warcraft, right? So the product is a game, right? It's a game that brings the community together and uh, provide use cases and provide value to the users, right? So today, there are many different angles that we can look into to bring people together, right? We can look into the social aspect, right? We can look into the uh, collaboration aspect, right? We can even look into, for example, education aspect, as um, probably just mentioned, right? There has been a lot of uh, new development in uh, how we can introduce uh, new type of education to the kids and to the younger generation, right? So if we can figure out a way to have a product and get every everybody 
to start using this product and uh, get familiar with this new consumer behavior, right? It laid down the foundation, a product that is well positioned to pivot into a metaverse in the future. Yeah, so, so I think, uh, you know, the uh, at the end of the day, it all started with a product. And so basically you're saying there's lots of different vectors or mm-hmm. on-ramps onto that. And, you know, my guess is you're going to have multiple metaverses that all wind up connecting and merging at some point at a higher level. And, and so are you seeing anybody out, th- out there that you can talk about that's on the right, you think is on the right path to this beyond just the big companies? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, companies like uh, Rec Room or VRChat or Allspace has been on the trajectory of, you know, being some of the default place for, especially for VR community to hang out, right? And these are all startups. And, uh, you know, there are also emerging platforms like Engaged, which is uh, a little bit more focused on education that is, you know, building a very healthy ecosystem around virtual gathering and sharing information, pass on knowledge and making meaningful connections. And uh, there are also companies like uh, Sumnum Space, right? They are building a, uh, a, a virtual metaverse, but, um, you know, they are enabling uh, virtual transactions backed by their blockchain technology, right? So um, they are selling the land and people can customize their land and people can do transactions on top of the virtual ecosystem that they are building. So, you know, different companies are building different products. I even heard about some company that's trying to build some interoperability between different metaverses. So if you have one avatar in one metaverse, you can kind of teleport into another metaverse by keeping your avatar and keeping your social profile. So I think, you know, there are all kinds of imagination we can think about there. But, um, you know, people are, at the end of the day, we need to take baby steps before we can we can we can lift up, and I think you know right now is a is a time is a good time to you know to start taking the baby steps and take and start to collect all the early tractions at this point. That's the end of part two of this interview. Part three is up next. 